Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Money Mentors podcast. Um, it's good to be back for our second episode since our recent break or our kind of mini relaunch. Um, so this week, uh, this week's episode, we're going to be talking about yield curves and the recent yield curve inversion. Um, it's been quite, uh, I guess, popular in the in the media over the past kind of month or so um, with the inversion. So we want to break it down a little bit, explain to our listeners what it actually means and why it might be significant. So Glenn, to kick it off, I'll get you to, to perhaps explain what a yield curve actually is. Yeah, definitely. And I think it, it's, it's important to explain what it is because I'm not sure about you, Nathan, but I've had a, not a lot of people, but a few people, I suppose, mention the term inverted yield curve and obviously talking about the the market correction that followed a lot of the hysteria when, when the media started reporting about the inversion in the yield curve. So it's probably one of those sort of technical terms that has in some ways become a little bit mainstream. So really what we're going to, we're not economists, what we're going to try and do today is really just break it down, um, keep, it, keep a fairly simplistic discussion just so people can un- have a very loose understanding as to what it is. Um, and look, I suppose very simplistically, what a yield curve is, before we start talking about inversion of the yield curve, I think it's important to understand what a yield curve is. Um, and really what a yield curve is, it's, it's essentially like a line graph which plots the interest rate rates at, at which the US government can borrow uh, for like a one month, three month, um, two years, five years, all the way up to 30 years. Um, so it really is a graph that plots the interest rate at which, at which the governments can borrow. Um, and ordinarily, a, a normal yield curve would be positive in that it'll be sort of an upward sloping yield curve because usually when you're lending money to, whether it's a government or whether it's a company, for a long period of time, you would normally command a higher interest rate. Um, so that's probably the most simplistic way to try and explain what the yield curve is. Yeah, yeah. So just to put some numbers around it, let's just and I'm just plucking figures here. Let let's say the um the I don't know the the shorter term rate is is two percent. Um, you might expect as you move up, you know, to five years, ten years, thirty years, that that rate is going to perhaps gradually increase. So you might want five percent for. I'm t- as I said, I'm just plucking figures here, but you might want five percent for for ten years. Yeah, because you're locking your money away for for a longer period of time. So, so you, normally yep. you'd want want a higher um, rate of return. Um, now, the, the time or the, the period where it can become inverted, um, and very simplistically what that means is that longer-term interest rates um, are lower than short-term interest rates. Um, now, the reason that may happen um, would be because people are less comfortable in le- investing or lending money to a government for a long period of time because they perhaps believe that um, we're heading towards some sort of economic slowdown. So the risk of longer term debt is perhaps higher than shorter term debt. Um, so that can, I suppose, lead to what is now being spoken about as, as sort of like an inverted yield curve. Um, and I suppose a lot of that's been driven by the fact that the, the Fed Reserve has spoken about cutting interest rates, um, obviously due to their sort of economic issues. So that can be the complete opposite um, as to what is normally looked at from a, from a yield curve perspective. Um, so I suppose with having said that, it, it's important to understand, I mean, why, why are markets, why would you say markets are being spooked by that, this inversion in the, in the yield curve? Oh, well, I think, yeah, the, the main thing, Glenn, that jumps out at me there is it's been a really accurate predictor of recessions. Yeah. So especially in the US, 
So I believe it's predicted uh, every recession since the 1950s. Is that, yeah, is that your understanding? That's right. Yeah. And, and, and there is sort of a common term in financial circuits, which is the 210 inversion, which basically means that uh, we're looking at the two-year uh, yield and the 10-year yield on, on US treasuries. So when the 10-year um, yield has been lower than the two-year yield, um, it, it's preceded basically every recession since 1950. So that's why markets are being spooked because every other time this has happened, um, a recession has followed. Yeah. Um, but I suppose the question is over what time frame, and, and, and that's probably what we need to talk about today or that I was keen to have a chat to you about in that, yes, in the past when we've had this inversion of the yield curve or the negative sloping yield curve, it has led to a recession, um, but the timing of that recession has, has been what's varied. So are you talking about the how long the recession... So the inversion happens today. It might take a period of time, 12 months, or before the actual recession has occurred? Yeah, definitely. So um, when the yield curve has... In the past, when it has successfully signaled a recession, um, that downturn has can come anywhere between 14 and 13 months, sorry, 34 months after the inversion. So at times, it's been almost three years after the inversion that we've had a recession. Mm. So markets at, at the point that there was that inversion in the yield curve reacted fairly quickly. Mm. Um, but there's nothing to say that there's going to be a rec- that the recession is imminent because history's shown us that in the US in particular, um, that that time frame between the point where there was an inversion in the yield curve to a recession has ranged anywhere between 14 and 34 months. Um, and on average, markets have rallied about 15% after um, the inversion. So is it an accurate predictor of a recession? Maybe. But is it an accurate prediction of a market downturn? It's really anyone's guess, isn't it? That, that's right. And and I'm not sure, if we, I don't have any data in front of me, Glenn. I'm not sure if you do, but... I know that it's been very accurate in predicting US recessions, but in Australia, it's been quite quite opposite where it hasn't necessarily predicted recessions is, is kind of my general understanding. Is that, yeah, look, is that your view? Absolutely. And, and look, in, in Australia, it has given a number of false readings. So um, as noticeably in the mid 80s, in 2000, 2005, uh, sorry, the period between 2005 to 2008 and around 2012, um, that were not associated with the recession in Australia. So we've had inversions in our yield curve in Australia in each of those times, but it hasn't resulted in a recession. So although it's been fairly accurate in the US, um, it hasn't been a- as accurate in Australia. Um, so look, it's, it's one of those things I think to perhaps be mindful of, um, that it can um, lead to an economic slowdown because people are perhaps more pop pessimistic about the future than they are about the present. Um, but, but I think... There's, there's a couple of things to take into account outside of the lag from inversion to recession um, is that I think the, the, the simple thing is that it's not, all, it's not 100% accurate. So you can look at all these different measures and matrix and, and, and various technical terms, but as we've seen many times in the past, they're not always accurate, are they? No, I mean, and it's, I mean, it's, it kind of almost falls back on the whole concept of around predicting markets and what's going to happen. It, it is, although it's a, it's data. It is some. You are making a prediction ultimately. Yeah. You know, although it's been accurate to a degree, I guess in the US example, 
you don't know what's going to happen. No, there's and still look, a level of prediction. Absolutely, and look, you, you may sell sell out of your investments because you see this inversion in the yield and curve. Go too early. Go too early, but yeah. who's to say that the markets aren't going to continue to rally? You might miss ten percent more, more right. appreciation. Yeah. So there might be a correction down the track of let's just say it's fifteen percent or ten fifteen percent. But does the market go up thirty percent before then? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know from a financial perspective one of the main things that we would always advocate is taking that long-term view having a long-term strategy investing in assets that can withstand any economic downturn or market downturn because trying to pick the time to get in and out of the market is near on impossible because the the inversion hasn't even been consistent it's sort of inverted then it's gone you know perhaps more flatter and and, and then positive so um, yeah I, I think it it's it's right to say that it has been an accurate predictor but it hasn't been an accurate predictor as to when the recession is likely to come. Sure. And um, oh, just, just while I popped in my head, Glenn, I'll, I'll ask the, the question. We're hearing a lot about negative, negative interest rates or negative yields over in, over in Europe in yeah. particular. Yeah. So, so, I mean, pretty much people are prepared to lock their money away with the government uh, at a cost to, I guess, for, for, for safety well, interesting isn't it yeah it is probably something it's very difficult to to fathom in australia where we've always had probably higher interest rates than most of the other developed countries i mean it's probably something that's been prevalent in um in japan um and, and now it's and obviously germany and Ger- europe going yeah. across into into europe and that's where you've got absolute pessimism where people just you know they don't want to spend money and and there's a lot of concern about investing in any sort of asset. so they're almost prepared to you know, pay for someone to protect their money because they don't have any confidence in shares, property or, or other sort of financial assets. Mm. So look, I, I think, as I said, it's a very technical term. We, we didn't want to spend a lot of time digging deep into what yield curves were and inversion and positive yield curves and the like. But look, hopefully this is just give you a very loose understanding as to what it means. So to sort of recap, it really just means that people are more pessimistic about the future. So they're less inclined to want to lend money for a long period of time because their their sort of fear is that they could lose capital in in the future um, as opposed to to the present um, and the implication that that may have on the markets. But as always, have a long-term view, have a very sound strategy, and that should hold you in good stead. So look, on on that note, we'll we'll wrap up there. We hope you found the podcast informative um, and look forward to speaking to you all again next week. Thanks everybody for listening again to another episode of the Money Mentors podcast. Um, if you enjoy the the content, please do subscribe to the podcast um, via um, any good po- podcasting app. Um, once again, please check out our major sponsors website, Hewison Private Wealth. Um, so just just search for Hewison Private Wealth online. Also check out Hewison Private Wealth's um, social media channels, Facebook. LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, Thanks again. We'll see you next week.